are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 3 Plus 1 podcast. Today, sitting in our third seat is Kyrie Peterson, the ATL auto broker. He provides a personalized approach to car buying. We are super excited to be joined by this young entrepreneur. Kyrie, welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. Kyrie, Kyrie. Y'all can't see me, but I'm hitting a sturdy milli rock. <laughs> a sturdy milli, that is a sturdy milli rock. So what, Kyrie, what exactly is a sturdy milli rock? You have to, um, see, yeah, get this. It's, you gotta, you see how the shoulder, it, it's a swing. And, uh-huh. and the face gotta be intense. You see that lip? You t- <laughs> it's sturdy. It's sturdy. You can build a shoulder. What, where did the Millie Rock come from? New York, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. By, I don't know um, who created it. I don't know. No, it wasn't Bobby Schmurter. Bobby Schmurter had the, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he threw up the hat. Yeah. How was Bobby Schmurter doing? In though? jail, locked up. Free my boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Bobby, we hope nothing but the best for you. If by chance you have a cell phone and can download a podcast in jail, we are still looking for sponsorship, and you can sponsor. We will send you some money to put on your books, okay? Yes. And follow me, Bobby. Right. So, right. So, Kyrie, for any of our guests out there, they can follow you on Instagram at the ATL Auto Broker. Yes. And they can also email you if they're in the, uh, where they're in search of a brand new car. They can email you at sales at Rose Gold Automotive. And you emphasize or you focus on financing, exotic sales, and rentals, as well as cash cars. Yes. So, Kyrie, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to take this entrepreneurial journey. Um, I'll keep it very brief. So, I got my start in the automotive industry with my uncle when I was 14 or 15 years old. That was my first job. Uh, I washed cars on the lot. And I was such a car like kid because my granddad taught me how to drive at 13 on the country roads in Texas. Um, that when people will come on the lot, you know, I talk to him about it. I'm washing cars, but I'm still like letting them know like the specs on this car, horsepower, that sort of thing. And my uncle was kind of taken back by that. Like, here's this 14, 15 year old kid that knows how to have conversations with clients and you know move them towards a sale so uh i got my license and my uncle's like dude put on a shirt and a tie i'm going to show you actual salesmanship uh so when that happened i was just completely engulfed in the car industry fast forward uh went to georgia state i even was yeah 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 um i was working at his dealership while i was there and um I stopped because I wanted to focus on school, but I would always flip cars and, you know, help my friends out with um, purchases that they had. And, you know, society tells you go to college, get a job, get a job in the career that, you know, you studied. And uh, I did that. So I went to school for finance. Um, I worked in that industry for a little bit, but I realized that I wasn't um, living up to what 
God had given me, which mm. was a vision. And, you know, I had all this training and, you know, again, back to my granddad being with cars and teaching me how to drive early. My uncle having his own dealership. I have other family members that have their own businesses. It just was really heavy on me to take what I had learned from working for these companies and, you know, arm myself with that knowledge and start my own thing. Did I keep it short? I did. That's good. Oh, so no, you gave us a good insight. Yeah, I want to go a little bit. So what part of Texas are you from? So I'm originally from California. Okay. Uh, I moved from Southern California to Stone Mountain, Georgia. But uh, my granddad is from Shiloh, Texas, which is this really small um, town outside of Texarkana, which is, you know, East Texas. So not too many people know about that. But yeah, every summer I would go there and uh, my granddad had a, a candy apple green 1965 Impala SS with the shifter on the collar. And I learned how to drive on that at 13, you know. So every summer, I would look forward to going to see my granddad because he always had a new whip. Uh, and it's funny how, like, that has shifted to me because a lot of my friends know that, like, I can't keep a car. I always have a different car. And it's not a matter of, like, me trying to be ostentatious or anything like that. It's just, like, I'm, like, channeling the inner spirit of my granddad. I don't know. So how do you guys know each other? Give us some Georgia State perspective. Hey! <laughs> so Kyrie and I did meet at Georgia State University. Um, as you all know, when you listen to the podcast, I am a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And Kyrie is... A member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. But y'all... Tazzy is the fighting case. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you forgot. I'm here to bring the truth. Oh my god! To this podcast. <laughs> Tazzy looks like she fights. <laughs> she looks like she can throw down. She oh does. my god! Listen, the rumors are true. Don't cross her, y'all. Please, I've seen it first. Tazzy, please don't do it. Oh my god! I cannot believe he said that. See you in the ambulance, Tazzy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a live footage <laughs> from Tazzy Hall. Listen, we got into movie. one big fight at Toga one year. Um, what is Toga? So Toga party is when the Alphas from Morehouse throw a party and we all wear like togas and you know, all of that type so of stuff. So who did you guys get in a fight with? Some random girls. Well, actually my last is... No, don't put her name out there. You know that girl. No, a lawyer, no, no. I know. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's real hard to trace that effect. Y'all go out there. Bleep that out. Yeah. lawyer. When y'all go back in area, please <laughs> just bleep. Just put a bleep I'm going to go on top of your name. But they're like, I have five lawyer line sisters at this point. But one of them was the real ultimate fighting case. And so she got into a fight inside of the toga party. And then when it was time to leave the toga party, I believe her and that same girl got into another fight, which caused us all to be in a brawl. So it was a couple of us. Like all we had on our pink and green togas looking all cute. And next thing you know, it was just... Tearing the club up. It was bad. I remember Omo was just grabbing us up. I think JT was out there grabbing us up too. 
It was it was bad. I can't believe Kyrie brought up that instance and me being the fighting case. You guys, I am reformed and I am a wonderful person. I do not fight. I'm grown. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kyrie, what what has been your biggest struggle on your journey to being an entrepreneur? Um, I think my biggest struggle initially when I started was just accepting the fact that like I am enough Mm. or that I am ready so many times when you move towards a new endeavor whether it's a new career path whether it's entrepreneurship whether it's a new relationship for that matter you second guess yourself like okay am I ready for this like okay maybe I should do a little bit more research maybe I should work a little bit more in my field if you're moving towards a relationship maybe I need to date this person a little bit longer um if you're in your career maybe I should um you know do more volunteering before I ask for a raise even though you are very much an overachiever in your position um what I really struggled with was just like, okay, I'm 27. Am I old enough to really start my own company? Have I saved enough money to start this? Am I armed with enough knowledge to start this company? And um, the answer is like, you'll never be ready. Repeat you'll that. Never Repeat it. You'll never have enough ready. money mm-hmm. to start your company. And I'm putting air quotes, y'all. You'll never have enough knowledge. Sometimes the best teacher in life, and especially in this experience, has just been life itself and just going through it and experience, you know, find a mentor, uh, which I have. I have someone in the car industry and also someone else who just has their own business that's completely unrelated to cars. And I run things by them, you know, um, decisions that I'm going to make things that I want to step into, all those people have helped me with my inhibitions. So, yeah, that's 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 the biggest thing, thinking if I'm, you know, enough or not. What is one, what's been the biggest barrier that you faced as a young entrepreneur? Because so many young people wonder, like, you know, what I'm going to get into, what I'm going to face, what I'm going to, going to experience. What is the one, the biggest barrier that you faced thus far being a young entrepreneur? Just that, your age. And I know a lot of people will probably expect me to say color, especially since um, the car industry is such a uh, Caucasian-led industry. But I will say this, that same industry is very much led or charged by tenure rather than talent. And I know a lot of other industries face that same thing. You know, where you may be talented, but, oh, you haven't worked in this position long enough. Um, Or you may have this zeal or this drive for something, but, oh, you haven't had these um, accolades. You know, and I really, I see those barriers and those obstacles every time, you know, especially like when you go to auctions and you're one of the youngest people there and, um, you know, Maybe the older dealers get away with murder or, you know, even when it comes down to fighting for your customers, like when it comes to getting them financing or something like that. I don't know. I've experienced that in a sense where they know that I'm young. I get asked all the time. 
if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Or, or I, I have a son your age. All these condescending like questions and statements um, that I get. And I try not to let it bother me, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, do you not want to do business with me or allow me to get to the next step? Because how do you respond you to that, that when someone says, Oh, I have a son your age? You say, mm. Well, what is it that your son do? What does <laughs> your son do? Does your son own a car dealership? <laughs> right. You know what? I don't. I just, I just take it all with, you know, it, it comes with mm-hmm. the industry, man. Honestly. So, Kyrie, we can find you on Instagram at the ATL Auto Broker, and we can also email you at sales at Rose Gold Automotive. Yes. You specialize in exotic cars. So, what what do you what do you consider to be an exotic car? Um, an exotic car would be one that um, requires a little bit of extra effort to get your hands on, uh, whether it be uh, not mass produced. Or just a particular colorway. But uh, yeah, I specialize in getting those specific cars. So Kai, <clears throat> there, um, is it true that Mercedes is discontinuing the G-Wagon? No. So what happened was two things. One, uh, they did a complete um, change on the, the style uh-huh. of the car. They didn't discontinue the G-Wagon they discontinued the AMG version of that, which was the G65 and G63. Okay. So it's a lot like what happened with BMW. Um, You guys remember the 3 Series Coupe? Mm -hmm. They don't make the 3 Series Coupe. They still make the 3 Series. Mm. It's a sedan. But the Coupe got discontinued to make way for the 4 Series. Okay. So the 4 Series is essentially a 3 Series Coupe. What Mercedes has done now, they got rid of the brush guard. They made it a little rounder, still kept the same boxy shape, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to get people excited about or just, you know, get get some little brush fires going about the possibility of them discontinuing. Yeah, because so, I was definitely true. on Twitter like, oh my God, y'all yeah. discontinued the G-Wagon before I was out of my poor <laughs> stage of life. Like, <laughs> I'm poor. But speaking of being poor, Kyrie, brother, if you can get me a G-Wagon for $150 a month, then you know you can let me know. It's like, you don't want that Kyrie. G-Wagon. <laughs> you don't I'll want that G-Wagon. for 30 years. You do not <laughs> Want that G wagon? I can guarantee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Carrie, what? So, being in the car industry—that's something that I think you know. You're able to give our listeners an inside view or inside look at like the best car. Right. So, what today? I know it changes probably day to day, but right now today, if I'm looking for a brand new car, what car do I want? If I'm going to give you two options, I want to get something affordable, uh-huh. and then I want to get something that is a dream. So, give me two cars: the best affordable, and then right? The, the best deal, budget. right? The best deal buy and the best unlimited budget buy. Yes. Ooh, this one is tough. Um, <clears throat> if you were to do the best deal. And I'm a little, like, biased. Um, okay, d- does it have to be, like, super economical? Is it still a luxury brand? Or... Doesn't matter. Okay, I'll give you two. I'll give you two of those. Mm-hmm. If there were two cars that I had to go for for the best deal side of it, one, it would be um, a Honda Accord sedan or coupe. Uh, Honda is, like, notoriously known for being... 
uh, dependable and reliable and their designs are timeless. Like I have a 98 Honda Accord. That thing has 240,000 miles on it. Uh, my girlfriend's, one of her really good friends drove it to North Carolina and back. That's how reliable that car Diddy is. Diddy knows he used to have you a know? Honda Accord. He had um, like a, what, 1992? <laughs> <laughs> I can't read if it's like shade or not, but um, yeah, I'm just going to keep this going. Uh, definitely that. And I mean, they have so many features that are uh, standard, like the, the, the blind spot camera, when you put on the turn signal, it automatically shows if someone's in your blind spot, like a camera, not an alert, a camera. Wow. Come standard with backup camera, yeah. uh, Bluetooth. Uh, they're now coming like with a small, cheap option for Apple CarPlay. It's crazy, and they're super affordable. I've seen them go for like brand new, as low as $200 a month. Okay, if I were to go to like a luxury but economical car, I would definitely say the BMW 3 Series. Why? Number one, BMW is super aggressive on their rates and if you're leasing their money factors and their residuals. So again, I worked at BMW for five years uh, before I uh, started my own dealership. Man, I've seen people get into BMWs like their payment starts with a three. Three series payments like 370, mm. you know like 399 and also bmw offers warranties where i'm like putting for them like they're paying me bmw if you hear me give me a sponsorship <laughs> bmw if you hear him sponsor this episode <laughs> listen um they cover your oil changes they cover small maintenances so bmw has gotten a bad rap in the past for being super expensive to own they've nipped that in the bud with their four-year fifty thousand mile warranty and service plan and that comes whether you're the first owner or not now for our unlimited budget unlimited budget best man. car out right now oh my gosh that is tough i'm just gonna give y'all two of my dream cars okay, okay? There we go. i don't know if it's necessarily the best car or not um but you are the knower of okay. automobiles my number one car would be um a porsche 918 Okay, this car is a hypercar. It's a supercar. It goes really fast, um, and it's a mix of an engine and a, an electric electric motor. And it's like zero. It's one of the fastest zero to sixty times. Uh, you can charge it up. It has regenerative energy, which means that uh, by using kinetic energy from braking, stopping, starting, it can charge itself. So you don't necessarily need the plug-in thing. It's crazy. Hey, um, yeah. What and is this car? I'm so poor. I don't Porsche think I've ever seen this car before. Nine eighteen. It's ridiculous. I was you don't manifest poverty. Listen. So she's not right, poor. We gotta Lord. stop all this she poor talk. She has abundant wealth. Yeah. Abundant influence. Claim it. And a, an abundant opportunity. It's been claimed. Yes, Amen. Her it's way. been claimed. There it is. And oh, the other is one, right, is. A um, Ferrari La Ferrari, which uh, go ahead and pull that up. Uh, what Drake just bought it. Whoa! Drake, Drake just bought a Ferrari La Ferrari. Let's Listen, go to his Listen, that's my baby daddy. He might have bought that for me. Poppy. Okay, well he is riding around with another gentleman oh in the passenger. <laughs> Please don't throw no shade at my baby daddy. That who is this man with him? 
Oh he tagged my god. Him. I don't I don't even know who that is. Listen. Yeah. If you know me, you know <clears throat> that me and Drake are a thing. So he probably bought that car for me. We just haven't linked up for him to give it to me yet. Okay. That's it. That's okay. Cool. Drake's a Scorpio. We support it. Is he? Uh-uh. Wow. Who knew? I told her very young. And I'm his type. Listen to songs. Run it down. Hold on. Listen, run it, run this down. Let me run this real quick. So if you don't know, I am the woman that Drake talks about in the songs. One of his exes lived in Texas. I lived in Texas for less about right under a year when I was hmm. a flight attendant for a moment. Georgia State. I went to Georgia State. What does he say about Georgia State? Another one of his exes went to Georgia State. He's basically talking about me and all of these different exes. Then, when he talks about his physical body type, he loves brown-skinned women with big old booties. That's me. So, (laughs) basically, Drake has been talking about me for years. We just need to go ahead and get married, and that's that. You You can't really fight the facts. Yeah. Okay, so, well... We we wish you manifested, Tabby. You know what? We manifest every dream 2018. Listen, Drake's going to hear this podcast when we're together and be like, damn, babe, you knew. And I'll, I'm going to be like, Right, in the exact same way that you are dreaming of Drake, there is some teacher out there who all of his or her life has waited to be Yosemite Sam and shoot up an intruder. And they have manifested the opportunity to take them down because President Trump recommends that we arm teachers. Oh, no. Shared by the New York Times, <laughs> President Trump on last Thursday enthusiastically embraced a National Rifle Association position to arm highly trained teachers to fortify schools against mass shootings like the one ha- that happened in Parkland, Florida last week. Mr. Trump, who said the armed teachers should receive extra pay as an incentive, promoted his idea as demands for stronger gun control intensified across the country. President Trump said, You give them a little bit of a bonus, so practically for free, you have now made the school into a hardened target. The president estimated that 10% to 40% of school employees would be qualified to handle a weapon. He offered no data for the claim and said he would devote federal (laughs) money to training them. Guys, what do you think about the prospect? Wait, 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 wait. I just want to make sure that I heard that last part correctly. You said that y'all's president said <laughs> that he will provide federal funding to train these teachers to use a weapon. Oh my god. Not to like be better educators or like to use this funding to go towards like, you know, the police and them having better training and dealing with um, not shooting unarmed black people. But, you know, that's not the article we're talking about apparently right now. Listen. But that's not the president we're talking about right now. This president wants to arm teachers. He's gonna, okay. Y'all's president, DT, wants to pay to train teachers to learn how to shoot guns and all of this other shit. West Virginia has a teacher strike going on because they're not getting paid enough. Like, kids are not going to school and not learning because teachers are saying we're not getting paid enough. Give those people that money instead of talking about paying them to shoot up schools and arm people. Listen, think about it. Imagine, y'all know the movie Matilda. Imagine oh, no. if Miss 
trunch oh, bull no. had a gun. Oh, you know what I'm saying? No. You gotta think about them type of teachers. Oh, never seen no. Matilda. What? Never seen. That's how we know you a zillion with your old ass. How you never seen Matilda? Wow. <laughs> But wow. a better example, Tazzy, what do you think, what would it have been like had I had a gun as your teacher? Listen, if you had a gun, I don't think you would have shot anybody. I think you would have used it as an intimidation factor. To get like, what? Like, y'all ain't working on that journalism book. You would have caught in the back, like, and sat on the table, like, okay, don't let me pop off. And y'all, we, I don't do miss have that a deadline. Listen, I do have a teacher that in high school, if she would have had a gun, she might have shot me, which she was a terrible person. <laughs> terrible person. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say your name because I want to spare you. Like you said, your line sister's name earlier. I'm going to wow, that now out. sparing people. Oh, you know what? I ain't sparing anybody. Yo, no, no, no. Oh, yes, you are. No, no. knows exactly no. who I'm talking about. This woman probably would have shot 10 to 20 kids over her career because of how crazy she was. Don't arm these teachers because you might end up with my English teacher and you might get shot. I'm super specific. I didn't say your name, sis, but you're crazy. Sips wine. Sips wine. Literally, like, she literally just sips wine. Sips my wine. What do you feel? So you, what do you, how could this, how could we protect students in schools and fortify our school environments in lieu of arming teachers. You know what I think is um, ironic? That um, all of these inner city, I'm putting air quotes in, guys, inner city schools have these metal detectors. Mm. Um, Let's talk about it. Mm. And somehow they find a way to afford these metal detectors because I mean metal detectors are not cheap I don't understand why they don't just make it a general thing hey all schools need to have some sort when of when you have the metal detectors in the inner city schools you're not having metal detectors in, the, in Parkland Florida exactly. and you're not having mass shootings in the inner city schools exactly. but you're having mass shootings in Parkland Florida that's what I was tiptoeing around you said it not me and it's a reality. Don't tiptoe. We don't tiptoe. It's a, it's a sad one. reality Let's that go. I really wish could be addressed and that would really get attention. I'm disappointed in President Trump. I actually had a moment of excitement when President Trump was saying that he wanted stricter gun laws. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, in typical Gemini fashion, he backpedaled and completely reversed position and had a whole new idea of less armed teachers. So I was very disappointed <laughs> in the... I was very disappointed in that turn for him. Yeah, he's moving in the wrong direction. But there has been a lot of good that's come from this unfortunate moment to give us an entire movement of young people who are fighting for stricter gun laws. So what are your thoughts on the young people from Lakeland, Florida, who are now, Parkland, I'm sorry, Parkland, Florida, who are now fighting for gun control laws? I stand with them. I think it's so awesome. Amazing. I think it's so awesome. So many times, especially our generation, we look for older people to be our spokesperson. And these young kids uh, or young men and women have had enough. You know, like this, this was a long time coming. Like how long ago did Columbine happen? And, and we still have these same issues. The fact that at 18, you can buy... An assault rifle is mind-blowing. But you can't buy a pistol. No, and the crazy... It gets crazier. How easily accessible these weapons are is mind-blowing, y'all. 
Walmart? I wish we had time to pull Walmart.com. You can buy crazy a gun from Walmart.com. You can buy anything at Walmart. You can buy a casket. Jesus, you can. Yeah, I seen they had an Audemars on there too. But again, moving in the wrong direction, like y'all's president. Um, I I am so in agreement with these kids, and my heart is out to them because at you know thirteen to eighteen to go through such a traumatic experience, Mm. and then rather than to sulk and just. Which they have every right to do if if they were to make that decision. They and the surrounding kids decided to make real change. I think that's dope. And I think it sucks that a lot of media outlets are trying to discredit them by saying that, uh, oh, they were put up to it by the yeah, teachers. Yeah, actors. No, I don't think... Actors. I would say it's a lot of media outlets. I would yeah. say that it's Republican-controlled media outlets like yes. Fox News. They're the ones trying to discredit these young people and take away from the the the, the greatness that they're bringing and representing for their generation. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really tragic. And I think the politicians like Marco Rubio who are playing into it should be ashamed. Yeah, uh, I think many Republicans right now should be ashamed and maybe even some Democrats. Uh, California Democrats, as a matter of fact, will not endorse Senator Dianne Feinstein. It be your own people. Be your own people. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about our thoughts regarding this. Senator Dianne Feinstein suffered a setback in her effort to win a six-term representing California, six-term as the state Democratic Party declined this weekend to endorse a re-election bid. Ms. Feinstein is way ahead in most polls and has a large fundraising advantage over her main opponent, opponent, Kevin DeLeon, the California State Senate's Democratic leader. Still, the vote here at a well-attended party convention is the latest indication of disenfranchisement with Ms. Feinstein 84 among the party's grassroots advocates. This brings up the question, number one, is she too old to seek re-election at 84? Yes. And number two... Is it no longer time for Democrats to try to seek consensus with Republicans? Isn't this her? She's trying to run for her fifth term? Sixth. Sixth. And she's 84 years lady, old. Lady, where your grandkids at? 84, she should have great grandkids. Like, go be Nana at this point. Let the young people come in and try to run Jeez. some things. Like, you, you're being selfish at this point. You want to die in the seat? Like, come on now. She's not running unopposed, though. I don't know if I'm ignorant on this. The the people are voting her into this seat. Yeah, Senator Feinstein is over and over again. She's a a pillar of the Democratic Party, but But she's a fighter. She has fought for so many things. She's then why has she not moved anybody in those four five terms? You've been in this off this position for five terms. Why have you not groomed someone that you felt was capable of carrying the torch from you and continuing on your legacy that's younger, more viable, and all of that? Like you're being selfish at this point. You can die in the seat, honestly, sis. I don't want to claim that on your life and I won't. But why have you not groomed someone? That's my whole position. You want to keep doing this until it's like, you know what? I'm on my deathbed, but let me sign this last piece of legislation. No, that's the problem. So physically, she may be younger than 84 in regards to her actual physical health. Like she, you know, 
could be 84 in age, but could be physically maybe 78. Listen, what you say on one of our episodes, God promised you 70 years, right? That is the, that is the blessing. She, that's the Bible. That's, that's the, the Bible. Bible. She's 14 years past that. Wow. So God every day after that is some blessings. It's, it's so God's we don't know blessing. how long you're going to be here. You sis. know what? As, um, <laughs> as vulgar as that was, um, I'm in agreement. And I don't want to like deviate from like what we're talking about now, but I was having this conversation with a, a few of my frat brothers and the fact that we don't, in our generation, have any Martin Luther Kings, any Malcolm X's, any John Lewis's, even though he's still alive. I love you, John Lewis. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's in part to them just rallying so hard and not being mentors. Um mm that we're kind of just like when they all just wiped out or they got older that we're kind of looking around like okay who who is going to so lead the rally let me give you some info right so you do have another are you about to say D-Ray with the blue vest I'm going to give you two options oh. I'm going to give you two options so number one for John Lewis, you have Andrew Iden. So if you don't know Andrew Iden, I want you guys both to go look him I'm gonna up. Jot him down. He is the co-author of the John Lewis trilogy, March. He is a phenomenal Atlantean and a true statesman. I believe in this man, and I think that he is a, a future, the future of the Democratic Party. So look him up. Andrew Iden, if you're listening, I'm shouting you out. This is because you are the future of our, of our party. And yes, you also have people like DeRay in the blue vest. Who has a podcast, Pod Save America. You guys both laugh. What are, what are our thoughts here on DeRay? I don't know. <laughs> That's my thought. And I don't you know don't that know in any disrespect at all. And that could just be me being ignorant to what's going on in my community and the community's leaders. Um, no, I, I agree. I feel like DeRay had a moment. And he used that moment for himself. I feel like... In a, in a in an age where social media is huge, he's trying to build up this social media presence. It's more about the pictures with his fist up and him being arrested is a, his new photo op on on Instagram as opposed to the actual cause. Like activism is never about self. It's not about you. It's, it's a about lot of self with him and though, and that's be. how I feel. I feel like it's a lot of self about be. him. It's about D Ray being everywhere. D Ray meeting people like. You should be okay with being about the cause behind the scenes. Like you're, you aren't always posting yourself doing something. I just can't get with his campaign. That's how I feel about D. Ray with the blue vest, and he thinks everything is about him. Remember when the Planet of the Apes came out? And he said the whole Planet of the Apes franchise was trying to make fun of him for having that monkey with the blue vest on. <laughs> First of all, when you do the research, <laughs> the original uh, Planet of the Apes they had on uh, blue vest. So D-Ray was saying, they're trying to make fun of me. You think these people making Planet of the Apes know who your ass is and decided to make fun of you by putting... Narcissism. Yeah, narcissism. I can appreciate I, that. I can't get with a narcissist. <laughs> like, I can't support it. That was a good one. Goddamn. So, God. when you guys talk about we don't have, you know, our Martha King and our General Lewis, some people would say that Diane Feinstein is our new generation. At 84? No way. Thank you. At 133? <laughs> no but do we Wait. not owe her a re-election and let her choose when she steps out because of what she's given to our society? Diane had five, five, five terms to get this together. Five. You've been in this five terms, Diane. You're being selfish now. 
Maybe she... Maybe Diane partakes of the heart-shaped herb. And that keeps her alive and vibrant. And so in speaking speaking of the heart-shaped herb, Black Panther continues to roar in the box office. Uh, if it keeps this up, uh, Black Panther could be the newest member of the of Moviedom's one billion dollar club, according to Entertainment Weekly. They hit seven hundred yes. eight billion, right? Having mm-hmm. already hit after only twelve days of release over seven hundred four million dollars, yes. according to uh, MovieCom Score. Uh, at, for a point of context, this has already earned more than the Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. Another Marvel blockbuster only made 773 million during its entire five month run in theaters. Mm. So, you know, what are your thoughts about Black Panthers continuing? I was worried. I didn't think it was going to continue. Really? I thought it was going to have a phenomenal first week out a week out of the box office. I did not know it would continue to climb this well. And I'm you know how I knew it was going to continue. What made you know that Black Panther... Because the people that I know um, and that are in my circle and I communicate with were going and seeing it two and three times. Theaters were still sold out. So I know there were plenty of people that hadn't even seen it once because these people were going back and seeing it two and three times. So it was still a lot of people that just needed to get in the theater to see it the initial time. It's going to keep growing. It's amazing. Black Panther. Black Panther, amazing. I don't know if that's offensive to people from African descent when you put on a fake Black Panther accent. It's not an accent. It's Forrest Whitaker from the movie. So, when oh, Im- so you're imitating Forrest Whitaker. I'm imitating Forrest Whitaker. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him on social media. About what are they saying about him on social media? They're saying... <laughs> <laughs> they're saying that, that scene where he talked about <clears throat> stripped of the, the power of the Black Panther. <laughs> they're saying he says it completely different than anybody else in the movie and so I saw like a meme where it was like Ryan Coogler was in the studio like okay Forrest say it with the accent that everybody else is saying it with and here comes Forrest Whitaker saying it with whatever accent he made up <laughs> making Black Panther and it's hilarious did you guys laugh at that in the actual film when uh, he said, oh, you didn't catch yes. it until later okay. no I <laughs> I I went to see it with a drove of other people, one of them including my best friend who's Nigerian. And Mike? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I was Mike's in New York. on the show as well. Oh, it's lit. Hey. Yeah, shout out to Mike. Yeah. Yeah, so um we were watching it and afterwards he told me that for the most part, most of the actors did a great job with their accents. Save Forrest Whitaker. But hey, and this hey. is not a knock on Forrest Whitaker. It's not, man. He's a phenomenal actor. The last actor. king of Scotland, phenomenal, Absolutely. phenomenal actor, Absolutely. just may have struggled with that one. Um, and I really have to commend the casting director for casting a young man with a lazy eye as well. To that's Forrest Whitaker's son. Whoa, that's a genetic thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No way want to <laughs> offend anyone with Whoa. any misaligned eyes. Shit, I learned like, something new tonight. There's I nothing did not we know lazy eyes and heavy eyes like that with genetic. I do not know if I lazy. I not know if we can say lazy eye. Wow. I think that we would say someone who had maybe maybe a misaligned eye. Or the eye wasn't as hardworking as 
the other. other. No, I don't. It think is a, lazy as hell. I think that it would be the eyes needed in that with a muscular. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up the appropriate term for this. It's a real term for it, and we're gonna come back to it. I had no idea that was his son. But if anyone who would like to know it, if you have any money to research these eye issues, you can donate that and sponsor an episode. Of the the podcast, so so you know, just for a very brief moment, you know, when we decided not to talk about the Black Panther as every podcast in America was talking about it, but we're gonna take brief bite sized moments of it with each guest coming up through the next couple of weeks. So, what was your favorite? I will say, who who was the best? What was the best performance in the Black Panther other than Chala? I love Letitia Wright. Many people did. Why? Um, because she showed a black woman that was thriving and running a STEM program. Yes. They don't talk about how, uh, you know, STEM is usually a male-dominated yes. field. technology, yes. engineering, mathematics. Yes. She ran that whole department by herself. She was supposed to be, like, one of the youngest people in, uh, you know, in Wakanda that was doing all of this. It was amazing. She showed little black girls, like, I can be dope at something that is basically male-dominated, and I absolutely loved it. I loved her character. So much that I went and followed her on every platform that I have because I was like, I now stand for mm-hmm. Letitia Wright. So, yeah, shout out to Letitia Wright, a Guyanese actress. So hey. we're very proud of you. We shout you out. And as well as the great nation of Guyana. Anyone who knows me knows why I love Guyana. And all that's produced by the Guyanese people. So from there, what was your best performance? Who was the guy who just got, um, was it a Tony Award? Are you talking about Sterling? Yes. Yeah, Sterling. I didn't yeah, even okay. expect him to be in the film when he popped yes. up. I was like, yeah, oh, Sterling K. Brown. Yes. The I... favorite of many people in the world. Listen, Sterling Brown, one thing that I love about his like resume, his repertoire in acting, is that everything is so different. Like so different. He was playing a hood nigga low-key and then he switched it up. <laughs> When my mans came through the door. He was actually you know? a prince in Wakanda and playing a hood nigga in America. Dude, hey, like, whoa. Duality. Didn't see that coming. Okay, that's number one. And then number two in the scene, and spoiler alert uh, for those who haven't seen it yet. No, no spoilers. Um, yes, spoilers. So it's been out for two weeks. When, um, when my guy, when Michael B. Jordan. Went back. Went back. When yeah. he's under the influence of the, the purpose <laughs> the heart-shaped herb. The heart-shaped herb. Heart herb. And he goes back to see his dad. And that monologue or that exchange of like him kind of like realizing as a father that he's failed him as a son because mm. he didn't teach him those necessary um you know, traits that you want to teach your son, even though as a black man mm-hmm. where society teaches us to be, you know, hard, calloused, but most of our fathers also want us to be loving, um, want us to be, you know, to, to, to know what's going on. And like his death was in vain, basically. And yeah, he and expressed that to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and where I feel s- like it's unfair because it's like, he he felt bad about not being able to impart that wisdom on his mm-hmm. son, 
But it, there was no way he was going to know that he was going to die while his son was so young. He should have known because he was a traitor to his country. Yeah. He was betraying Wakanda. He was selling out his people and he deserved death. Live by the sword, die, die by, by the sword. sword. Hey, it's, that's the Bible. That's the book. <laughs> Low down. He came to America and fell in love with some beautiful black woman. Here you go. Here you and go. so and, and so yes. And in the film, you know, his best friend was Forrest Whitaker's son, uh, who suffers from amblophobia. Ambl- Thank you for that. Amblyopia. <laughs> Amblyopia. I'm sorry. Amblyopia. Amblyopia is what uh, the the actual term for what these young people. I'm mm. calling a lazy eye. Amblyopia. Mm. You can't even say it. So lazy eye sounds about easier to say, right? Let's stick to that. Amblyopia has just been stated. You said it five different ways. But now, now I have it. Amblyopia. So from there, uh, my favorite performance in the program or in the movie came from Danea Guerrero. And I may be saying that wrong, but she was the general. The, how do I say it? She was the general? Yeah, the general. Mm. And and she also plays Michonne on The Walking mm. Dead. And she played Tupac's mama in mm. that All Eyes on Me. Lord okay. Jesus. Resume I forgot smash. Yeah, yes. very good. We're very proud Lord. of her, but I will always know her as Michonne. Michonne, because in the in the TV show The Walking Dead, she's stolen my heart. Uh, many people in America are talking about Sunday's Walking Dead. Uh, Carl's gone. He is oh my big God. Uh, We all knew it was coming for Carl uh, as from last season and the finale where he was bitten by a zombie. Uh, Sunday's Missy's premiere title honor was a goodbye send-off to one of the few original characters and actors left who started the show. Guys, what are your thoughts? Well, actually, um, to be honest, I stopped watching the show after Negan killed Glenn because my heart just couldn't take it anymore. So I have no idea. I'm not emotionally attached anymore. I let it go. Sheesh. Um, I think that like even before this season, it was kind of sad to see Rick losing his like. Everything. Rick was oh man, Rick was like the man. He was the savior. <laughs> he was the he was the one that everybody looked to. And when Negan came into the picture, it was almost like that bat demasculated him. I don't know if that's like a stretch. Okay, now we're getting what into some. What you think, BB? Did you think the man. bat did that? Had that effect on him? That the bat emasculated him. Yes. Demasculated him. Yeah, Honestly, was, Negan yeah. did. It you was know. a big bat. <laughs> See, here we go. <laughs> uh, the bat, you know, oh, Lucille. Lucille has a name. Right, the bat has a name. Lucille. Um, you know, I really am very. I was shocked. Right, like I was one of the people out here who was just absolutely floored by the the revelation that Carl was bit by a zombie. So for anyone who knows me, you know that I'm a comic book lover. I've read comic comic books since I was 10 years old. And in The Actual Walking Dead, what's so impressive is that if you read the comic books, you now realize that it's all about Carl. He's the star, the main figure in the comic books. You thought it was about Rick, but you find that it's really about Carl and how this one young man has grown up in this dystopian world full of zombies where humanity is being lost. And the concept of being a human being is being lost, but he maintains his humanity because of his heart and because of who he is on the inside. And he is not letting the, the harsh environment that he lives in turn him away from the things that make us human, and especially the things that make us good people. For him to no longer be a character in the television shows, to me, was heartbreaking, hard to believe, but also signals that this is actually probably going to be a television show that's going to come to an end. Yeah. That they're going to wind this down. Because they completely went against Correct. everything that yeah. it's about. 
So, you know, I'm really very intrigued and I'm actually kind of excited about where the show is going to go. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. So um, I think that's, all, that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, another show that came on Sunday night, I didn't watch it because I am still boycotting The Real Housewives of Atlanta because... Uh, Phaedra is no longer on the show but it did make social media because we've gone through politics entertainment we're kind of going to social media that Portia it was a big social media a lot of tweets about it that she left the Barcelona trip with the other housewife cast members uh, because she was very angry and chose to not get into an altercation Portia Williams shocked Real Housewives of Atlanta fans Sunday, according to People Magazine, when she departed the group vacation in Barcelona less than 48 hours into the girls' trip, citing feelings of isolation and instigation from her fellow cast members. I've tried over and over again with these girls, but all I keep getting is torn down. The 36-year-old Dish Nation host confessed to viewers. I just don't think I should be putting myself in that position anymore. I don't feel that this is a group of people I really want to be around right now. So I'm just going to leave. Listen, Portia doesn't fit in. The last episode I saw, she had them at her house trying to smoke hookah and drink Hennessy. Wait a minute, you said Portia. So you're saying that you don't feel that Portia fits in. Those are old ladies. I love Portia. I feel like she's my favorite. And I, I and she's a she's ditzy, low-key. She's gorgeous to me. She's funny. But these women all want to be grown. They want to play, play, be grown, and play, play, be sophisticated. And Portia had them at the house trying to smoke hookah and drink. And they were all acting like, we don't know what hookah is. And <coughs> we can't do this. So I feel really bad for her because isn't she the youngest cast member? So it just doesn't fit. She's 36 years old. The rest of them are like 52 plus. Oh, so yeah, my God. She doesn't fit in with them. I feel so bad for Portia. Portia, Listen, I, I friends. Portia. I love you, baby girl. Let me just say that. Portia um, is fine and adorable. Oh, it's wine. But I think the issue stemmed, and I'll just put this disclaimer out there. <laughs> I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta religiously with my girl. She got me watching it, and now I'm hooked. I look at her, and I'm like, babe, we watching Real Housewives? Um, what <laughs> happened was... Um, the the what made you D stop watching? Yeah, I um, put it down. You get rid of was you get rid of me? Because okay. Phaedra was lying and said that Don't Candy was we're trying not, to. We're not going to that. We're not Scorpios going United, baby. What is the oh, gift my. that Candy's on? The lies, the lies. So yes. what? Ha- what had happened was and Candy's forty one. Um, Phaedra, about these are all women. Candy's forty one, like they're around the same age. Portia's thirty six. Phaedra said what she said. Um. Um, Portia went along with it whether or not she knew it was true and what I think the other ladies want is for her to publicly to everybody just fess up and say hey you know what there was a point where I figured out that Portia may or may not have been lying Um, uh, Phaedra may or may not have been lying and I still just kind of blindly went with it and I apologize. So until she does that, they're going to keep riding her ass. Okay. And furthermore, the the one altercation that kind of pushed her over the limit was her putting the fan in Marlo's face when on a couple reunion shows back, Kenya had a scepter in her face and she snatching it and threw it away. I think I read that Marlo was drunk. 
Like, was it Marlo? They were all drunk. Okay, everybody was drinking. Does Marlo have a peach? No. No, Marlo Hampton is not a cast member, according to what but I saw. But she wanted a peach, right? She's supporting cast. Mm. She I think wants she, a maybe peach she bad. I think she needs a peach. I think that she has a lot of financial distress. Wow. That's something that they talk okay. about, too, in, like, the numerous... Has, the, has Sheree built her house up yet? The house is complete. Wow. Can confirm. And, and it may be roach-free, uh, unlike Nene Bleak's oh, home. First because, of all, we don't know if Nene's house oh, has roaches. No. The little girl was speaking oh, on big no. grown folks' business. Brielle. Brielle Bremen, who just turned 21. Happy birthday, Brielle. Stated that, uh, took a film and had a video of what looked to be roaches. <laughs> now, of what course, may they, they may or may not have been roaches, but they were definitely from the cockroach family. They were, according to the people on the internet, they were going back and forth. Nene said they were water bugs. Called it was called a water bug, but I think these are all related, like anthropods. No, I I know what water bugs are. Like Black folk, people have water hey, bugs in their house. Roaches come from you being nasty. Water bugs come from maybe new construction, humidity, okay. um, all of that. Yeah. You got water pockets. Disclaimer: I do not have water bugs nor roaches in my home. <laughs> I repeat. But no, just let you. Water bugs are Bella more commonly known. Here you go. Is 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 you know it has a name. Doctor Google it. over here. Yeah, Bello stomatade bello noche <laughs> water bugs <laughs> water bugs you can't go to bello noche hey where the hell can you go <laughs> they probably have water bugs at bello noche house. they do <gasps> Nene will drag your ass. Nene, listen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nene, we don't want you to pop. Oh, no. He doesn't mean it. Oh, no, baby. Nene, Nene, Didi, don't you speak. Oh, I'm editing that out. Yeah, we don't want your sponsorship. You can sponsor us at the 3 Plus 1 podcast called Tazzy, not Didi. Not, no. I cannot believe you. Wow. No. Let's let's move forward. Anyone who's attacked Phaedra gets no. Phaedra lied. You literally you accuse somebody of drugging and raping someone. Basically, I don't think she did that. I'm just gonna make this statement, and I don't know if I should make this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, a Bobby Brown has made a statement by saying <laughs> that um, I don't know if Phaedra Parks is. A good or a bad lawyer, but I will say that I have lost every case that she has represented me in. I feel like I saw that statement. Hey, Bobby Brown said. Yes, Bobby Brown literally said he's lost every single case where Phaedra represented him. So Phaedra needs his TV show because her law career is sucks. Booming. We know that you're doing great work, Phaedra. So. Her house is for sale. Right, Brielle, we Whoa. wish you a... Phaedra needed them checks. Boy. Phaedra, we're going to... That's You know what? You know what? That makes sense because... No, her don't man, do this. Don't do this. You know her man don't was do a this. scammer. Don't do he this. He probably was paying for everything with that scam money. Now his ass is in jail. Wow, Phaedra not getting that check anymore. Wow, she knew he was a scammer. Wow, it's all true. Somebody wrote a book about how Phaedra's actually scammer. They don't a scammer. mean any of this. Just, You're not winning no cases. How you getting money to pay for anything? You always will win as long as the Lord is on your side. Hey! Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hey! And with that said, we go here to someone who also is highly anointed. 
Michelle Obama has yes. an upcoming or forthcoming memoir called Becoming. Yes, auntie. Former First Lady Michelle Obama's memoir Becoming will be published in the United States and Canada by the Crown Publishing Group on November 13th. Hey. Uh, shout out to Scorpio, uh, according to Entertainment Weekly. Obama herself will read the audiobook version for Crown, and the book will be released simultaneously by various international publishers in 24 languages around the world. Obama announced the news on Twitter. Writing Becoming has been a deeply personal experience. I talk about my roots and how a girl from the South Side found her voice. I hope my journey inspires readers to find the courage to become whoever they aspire to be. I cannot wait to share my story. Guys, are you looking forward to reading this? Are you going to read this biography? Yes. Absolutely. Autobiography. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm like a firm believer in um, like the audio versions mm-hmm. of books uh, because I listened to Kevin Hart's audio book and it was honestly funnier than reading it. Uh, but whatever. Neither Kevin, here nor there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward what to reading that, that book. Oh, my God. We, I don't want to talk about that woman. Uh oh. Wait, yeah. we'll come Did back. Did he? Yeah. No. Uh, no, no, we, we won't. We won't. Michelle we won't. No, don't give her that space. Ooh, we're talking about Michelle you. right now. We're yeah. talking don't. about Michelle. How dare you get up and hey, disrespect but, her? We're not even going to address it. We're not. Exactly. Um, Two reasons why President Trump is President Trump. Anyone who attacks Hillary Clinton here in this house. I voted for the hoe just because I didn't want Trump to win. But at the same time, when we are talking about the Michelle Obama, you will not try to include this white woman in the conversation. That's not what's going to happen. Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama. No, when we have a segment about her, we will talk about her. But right now, we're talking about Michelle. They do not. They side do by not, side or my bookshelf. No. Because Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton is my hero. Why? All this because of all it don't that even she matter. has done to move this country forward, her progressive agenda, her fights for the civil in the civil rights movement, up until her fight. Did for, she call black kids super predators? She did not call black kids super predators. She called criminals super predators. They were and black they are kids. All criminals. I won't go into it because I don't have the. And we don't. Right. Facts. We don't. But um, these are. You know what? These are fake news. Republican claims that. People like you bought into hook, line, and sinker. I didn't like buy into Durant, anything. They like had blue jacket footage. Like they blue had jacket video Durant. footage of this woman up on the podium calling them super predators. Keep on fighting the good fight, Hillary. We That's why you didn't win, sis. I did. You did get my vote. She claims that now. I don't think she voted. I voted. My parents would have smacked fire you're out of me if I didn't to, vote. So you're gonna buy the the memoir. Yes. I'm gonna buy a memoir. We're talking yeah. about Michelle Obama. Oh, Have you my. read President Obama's memoir? Either of the two. Drinks My Father or Audacity of Hope. Say you read me you have it. I'm gonna quiz you right here right now. <laughs> I'm not, I don't lie. I'm not a woman. Did you read lies. them? I haven't read them. But I am a stan. I ain't gonna read that shit either. I'm not reading Hillary stuff. But Michelle Obama, wow. I am going to read yours because wow, I stand wow, for wow. black women that are doing amazing things. And I never will apologize for that. Tazzy, you know, I'm very concerned. Like, on several of our podcasts, you have de- you definitely have made it made it known. Very clear. That you stand with black women. Yes. But does that mean that you would not be able to stand with white women or let, you know, our Hispanic and Latino sisters, like... Asian women, like what you know, does that is that what that means? That does not mean that I can stand with 
uh, uh, triple racial. Is that a thing? Where you mm-hmm. mix with five, six, seven races, whatever type of woman. Can it just be a woman thing in general? It can't. Okay. Because at the end of the day, these different women have different privileges than I have. Like, at okay. the end of the day, we're having a different experience. But I know at the end of the day, a black woman understands me from a perspective mm-hmm. that a white woman is not going to understand me from. A Hispanic woman is not going to understand me from. Asian whatever. So, Stacey Dash, um, y- your girl, yeah. Amorosa, <laughs> you're standing yes, with them? Baby, you're listen. standing with them? Oh, no. I'm just asking. I'm just being devil's advocate here. Because these are black women who on a national stage have one um, denounced their blackness and number two they don't give a fuck about other black women or their disenfranchisement. And that's them. I have never once said that I supported Stacey or Armour. But you do because black you women black that are doing is she or is she not a black woman? You, you didn't say, put any no, stereotypes. You're not a black woman any, at that point when you say you, you just go. said they denounce being go. black, right? You if you yeah. denounce being black, black, you denounce being yeah. black, right? But they're black. If you denounce being black, black, I have nothing to do with you. Black. I can't relate to you. If you're a black woman out here saying I'm not a black woman, consider me a Republican, consider me this or whatever. No, I don't stand with you. So when you have someone like Hillary Clinton who met, who stood Shut in open court and defend the rights of African American people. Can we not count her as an ally and count her as having credibility for understanding the Listen, struggles that we face? Hillary Clinton as black did all that country? jigging and dancing on Ellen so she can get the black vote. Spare me. Can we stand with Hillary Clinton because she said I'm gonna support black people? Hillary wanted the black vote. She was on Ellen doing the nay nay. Sit I down somewhere. Fall out of fall, the fall, 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 fall. She gonna jig and jig for the black boat. Let me hit that nene for the black boat. She boat. did with that, hit um, that nene. unused uh, uh, hot sauce out of that I'm bag. Faithful. I peeped it. So you it know what? Not you used. have great dance moves and you have a lot of taste because I like hot sauce too. If I had a bag, I'd put it in there. Let's go. So <laughs> this is one. This is clearly an area we will agree to disagree on. But I, I too will buy the Michelle Obama. Um, Autobiography the day it comes out. I can't wait. And we'll talk about it. it. And I will be comparing the quality of that book to the quality of what happened by Hillary Clinton. How dare you? Great text. That's so not the standard. this has been this is a great moment in our podcast. I think we're getting ready to wrap up mm-hmm. and talk about the up, the down, yeah, and the, the clown. clown. So I would like to first start off with our the up. Uh, and this week's up goes to North Atlanta high school student Richard Hall, who scores a perfect score on the AP wow. practice exam. Wow. That's dope, man. A North Atlanta high school student is one of just six students in the world to earn a perfect score on last year's AP Calc exam. The college board, which administers AP tests, announced this week that Richard Hill, a North Atlanta senior, got every question right on the calculus AB exam he took in May as a junior. A total of 317,000 plus students took the test, and he was among only six to ace the time paper pistol exam that includes 45 multiple choice questions and six free response questions. So shout out to you, 
Atlanta public school student Richard Hall. Yeah. Looks like I should have went to North Atlanta because I took a lot of AP tests and didn't pass not one at my high school. Shout out to my teachers. I really thought, Tazzy, that you passed the Advanced (laughs) Placements English Language and Composition test. Is that the class I took with you? And had you not passed it, we probably, you wouldn't be sitting here across from me. Well, maybe I did pass it. I recall you making a three. It may have been a low three, but I think you made a three. (laughs) So, with that being said, we now go into today's The Down. Tadzi, The Down. The Down this week would have to be the FBI. Um, All right. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I saw well, a tweet. His window. Listen, this tweet said, congrats to the FBI on catching Arizona coach Sean Miller. You missed Nicholas Cruz. The Boston Bombers, the 9-11 attackers, the San Bernardino terrorists, the Fort Hood terrorists, the Pulse nightclub terrorists, and Larry Nassar. But college sports are safe. That's why you are the down. How is it that you miss all of those major things that cost people's lives, but the fact that somebody paid somebody mama some money is the major thing that the FBI has done, and they're bragging about it. You are the down of the week. So, is this something that did you find this on Black Twitter? No, that was a white man tweeted that. Exactly, a Republican. They he are wasn't attacking. A I bet he was. No, let he's me not. tell you why. They are trying to do everything they can. Members of the Republican Party are trying to do everything they can to undermine the credibility of the FBI as they are getting closer and closer and closer to bringing real charges against your president, Donald Trump. I stand with the FBI because FBI lives matter, especially uh, or at least until you get Donald Trump. Then I might agree with Tadzi. Listen, he's a CNN reporter that tweeted this. So what you got to say? Wow. Fake news. I bet he works for Fox. Sheesh. No. I just I'm trying Google to him. gather my thoughts on everything you just said. But, um, man, it's like, it's like a catch-22. Like, you can't catch everything, but in the same, like, sentence, same breath, they have to do better due diligence. Yes. You know, especially with this kid that um, was just involved in this Florida shooting where they, where the FBI was actually Notified. They were notified. And they had notification. No, I agree. They had receipts. I where agree. is the corpse of Whitney Houston to kick in the door <laughs> and ask to be shown the receipts? Because guess who has them? The FBI had them. Yeah. And they didn't do due diligence. You're they right. do all of this like psychological testing with these other people. They could have goddamn looked in this little kid's room and been like, oh damn, he got two <laughs> pistols. Then they can wear all black. He commenting under YouTube pages that he gonna shoot up his school. The damn neighbor even said that she, she was gonna uh he was gonna kill her dog. God damn, what? How did we miss <laughs> that one? Whoa. Listen, listen, that. You know what? Let me hold my piece. Now, you guys problem. make some very valid and great points. You really do. Also, you know, we're still looking for the missing CDC researcher, Timothy Cunningham, um, who's been missing now for several weeks, a Morehouse graduate as well as a Harvard Jeez. University graduate, a, a famed epidemiologist with chronic disease department. I think that's also a major down. It's horrifying to me. Like, I personally think that there's a lot going on in the background. I believe so. I do. I think that man is going to pop up. No, please don't. I'm don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't say it. I'm not going to say it because at the end of the day, how often do you hear about a grown man that's missing for two weeks and then just pops up out of nowhere? He's not going to pop up. 
All right, let's just. I, I, I hope he does, I, but I'm afraid that there may have been something that happened at the CDC, and this is a massive cover up that has not been covered up well, and that that really scares me as someone who lives in Atlanta because he worked with chronic diseases. Listen, um, to the but FBI director that or FBI person that's assigned to my laptop that's watching this right now because I know y'all are observing everything. I don't believe these conspiracies. If you're going after anybody, go after Didi, not me, okay? Wow. FBI, if you would like to sponsor an episode <laughs> of the 3 Plus 1 podcast, we are happy to You know they watching everywhere. So, you brought up the... Uh, Arizona case. Yes, let's talk about the Arizona case and college sports in general because there's been this big uproar uh, about the NCAA and how some people believe that we should start paying college players. I, for one, and I am one of those people that believe that we should start paying college players. LeBron James actually released a statement today where he feels like the NBA should start a separate league for young players to come up in because he feels like the NCAA is corrupt. These coaches are making millions and millions of dollars off of these players. These boys are getting hurt. Some people are like... It, life, it, career-ending injuries are happening. They are getting paid. The only thing they're getting is some tuition, which tuition is nothing compared to the millions of dollars that they're bringing into the institution. Tazzy, and education is priceless. They, they are learning shit. Everybody knows college athletes be in class and getting skating on by. This is so skating on by to the college athletes. Ask the college athlete. There are the so many Scholar athletes. There's so many scholar athletes out there who have gone on and who are now major leaders in scientific fields because of the high quality education they had that they received by virtue of an athletic scholarship. That is a compensation. The fact that they get to go to top universities and receive a world-class education because they're able to play sports. I feel like... Yeah, for sports like golf and tennis and random racquetball or whatever. But let's talk about... I don't think anyone has a scholarship for racquetball. I don't think there's any scholarships given out for racquetball. Basketball. These programs are bringing in lots of money. And you benefit from them. Every single one of us who's gone to a university that had a strong athletic program, we benefited from that because yes. that's what helps pay the bills, helps keep the... Because you're a little tuition and dollars. And adds to the enough. prestige to the school. And I believe Correct. that... I, completely agree we definitely benefit off the backs of these young men so why the hell would we not pay them a little something something now i I, 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 I don't say their they, compensation is their compensation is their scholarship as well as the fact that they can continue their career and do this if they want to or they'll have a career of their choosing because of their education i don't know man i have to interject Thank and you. say that Thank it doesn't you. necessarily have to be a salary or a huge stipend but i do believe that there needs to be stipends because um, they don't have the opportunity to have jobs. Exactly. Because they're dedicating their time to being these athletes. It doesn't have to be millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they have to forfeit having jobs, working on campus, doing whatever little odd jobs to get extra money. And a lot of these athletes come from impoverished backgrounds or disenfranchised backgrounds. So I will say that there should be some sort of stipend involved as well as like um, really good health insurance. I know that they're under the school's 
insurance, but that's like this blanket umbrella policy where it's like if you get if you slip and fall on campus, then, you know, the, the school may or may not be liable for that banana pill being there. But these <laughs> kids are getting concussions. They are getting life threatened. Some people are paralyzed. And like, like on the books. They're not getting compensated. I mean, you're for right. that. Now they're gonna get taken care of. So how much clubs. of a stipend should they receive? Listen. So let's talk about. So I, I can consent. I agree with you. I would agree with a stipend. I think that they need to do some census report that finds out, or or some sort of market study to find out what the average college student is earning per year, and they get that. So would a non-generating uh, revenue, non-revenue generating sport athlete also get the stipend? Yes. So I am a phenomenal golfer. Yes. Will I also get a, the same stipend equal to yes. this because my sport doesn't generate revenue? Yes. Okay. Wholeheartedly. Shouldn't that should be a part amount. of the... Why not? Because I think it should be based off the amount of money that you're bringing into the program. So should female basketball players and female mm-hmm. athletes get Come equal, get a stipend? Do females bring in millions of dollars? Unfortunately, they do not. Listen, but that I doesn't think it mean that wait the, the amount of money. If this program the, is bringing in eight million dollars a year, sure. Give the percentage or whatever these students that are bringing in that eight million dollars should get. There's jersey sales with these little. But I'll tell names you this: um, like it, even pro athletes are not getting percentages of what they add to. The the whole franchise, and everybody you know, because a your agent should be having that in your contract. No, let me tell you this: you better ask Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, they don't listen. You don't get to, for those jerseys, girl. No, that what? is the NFL. Oh he doesn't God. own the the Forty ers He doesn't <laughs> own any rights to the Forty ers He is not a part owner of the Forty ers When you sign to that team, you have signed over the rights to your name, your number. You don't own number seven until it's retired. Nah, that that, that ain't you. So all these sales that we are is going right back to the NFL and the 49ers franchise itself. So that percentage shit, it just doesn't make business sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I won't discredit your argument. And so I agree that, you know, that is something the NCAA right now may be seen as the clown of this week. And I can agree Fact. with that. I also had Stacey Dash as a clown this week. Uh, she had asked her followers on Twitter if she should run for political office, and apparently Stacey thinks she has a shot because she filed documents to run for Congress. <sighs> okay. Dash I, to D.C. Can I just preface this real quick, and then I'm going to just zoom out. I wish that we would go back to people actually having um, the the accolades educational background I went to school for this shit not oh I just want to be in politics today even I was having an argument with one of my friends who was like yes Oprah no I'm so against that please y'all keep my mom my auntie (laughs) out of office okay she can better serve the community Thank you, rather God. than being president of Thank the United you. States. Stacey Dash, star of... He's one of those people. Clueless, ma'am, I need more credentials from you other than Stacey you Dash having... Stacey has been a political commentator for Fox News. Fox News, wow. Does that make you qualified? 
to run for a political office? You're an antagonist at this point. Yes, because he knows better. He knows Fox better. News of all of all news, like you know, <laughs> I've gotten more credible news from media takeout <laughs> than Fox News. Ted, you got bad news from where? Uh, the shade room. <laughs> So, the shade room gives me hey shout out to my guy B Young man okay. I need y'all to uh, sponsor yes I need y'all to sponsor 3 plus 1 the podcast yeah. for real shade you know, room, shade room I know you B Young I'm gonna text give you give us a feature I don't know who you are yes. yeah I don't know who, who is B I don't know who you are B Young but whoever you <laughs> he are he doesn't wanna be public but he's one of the masterminds behind the shade room whoever that is they posted one of my tweets one time shout out to the shade room yeah, shout out to you B Young be young. I know you. I know exactly who you are. So with that being said, we now go into talking about the products that we love and then we'll go into the best of us. So my product of the week is actually Kyrie's beard oil, right? So I have been looking at this beard because I'm sitting across from him and I'm thinking to myself, did he just apply fresh beard oil? Kyrie, tell us about this amazing product. Listen, I promise on everything that I love that I did not reapply this beard oil before I came in here. This morning, I got up at 6.45 and that's when I put it on. So, um, my guys at Fresh Heritage make a 100% organic uh, beard oil and it's made from like Jatoba oils, vitamin E, uh, all these random oils that they went to Africa to actually research. Wow. Like they actually went there. How do I buy some? You can go to getfreshheritage.com or uh, follow them on Instagram, Get Fresh Heritage. Yeah, I love them. Shout out to uh, Gamal, Jamil. I love y'all. You guys have a great product. Um, if you need a beard that glistens in the sunlight, then this is the oil that you <laughs> need to apply. Or a beard that glistens in just hey. dim light. It still shines on. Amazing. Um, this week, I'm going to have to say that my product of the week is not really a product, but more so a service. Um, as some of you know, I had to fly to Louisiana this weekend for Louisiana. the loss of one of my family members. And I flew Delta, and it was an amazing experience. They, um, I talked to one of the flight attendants about what was going on, and she gave me a lot of great service. It was absolutely wonderful. My trip... Um, back home to see my family was great too. Shout out to my cousins and my aunties and my uncles and all of them. So that would definitely be my product of the week. So great job to Delta for giving Tazzy an amazing flight at a very unfortunate time for her family. I had to also fly this had to also fly this week for work and I flew Delta and it was a horrible experience. My flight was <laughs> delayed in Denver because of something that happened in Detroit and I didn't get home until two AM on a Saturday and missed a five K. Delta, you owe me. You owe me my $30 5K registration. So with that being said, we now go into the best of us. And so it's really great to see the tables turned. This week's best of us was a couple weeks ago, our clown. So let's talk about it. Uh, And it's Monique, the best of us. Why is Monique getting recognized, guys, as the best of us? Because she went on The Breakfast Club 
and basically checked all of them. Like, we all know that Charlemagne is terrible when it comes to talking to black women. He loves to be an instigator. He loves the gossip. I don't, like, she's right. They don't research the people that are coming on the show. They just want to talk about all so the mess. So, tell us what exactly happened. Like, give us the kind of, for our listeners who She know. went on the show and basically was like, why did you give me... a radio program called The Breakfast Club. Sure. And what initially happened was, um, background story, <laughs> Monique was given... Um, donkey of the day. She was given donkey of the day because Netflix presented her with a contract of five hundred thousand uh, dollars for a Netflix special. I love and, y'all. For real. Um, I love y'all. Yeah. I love us. It's I love Listen, us. Listen, and um, she could not do any other shows for two years if she accepted this offer, and she tried to counter um, that offer, and they were just like, "Nah, fam." Uh, so she came on to the breakfast club to defend herself and, uh, they weren't having it. And so what did the breakfast club, how did they respond to her? The, the thing was they kept asking her what recent things had she been doing? How is she still relevant enough to, um, be able to counter with the same offer as a Amy Schumer, a Dave Chappelle, and her uh, rebuttal was basically like, look at my resume, look at my acting repertoire, look at my accolades. How can you say that I am not deserving of um, the same amount as those two, a black man and a white woman? Um, And she attributed that to her being a black woman, not the fact that she's uh, been rumored to be very difficult to, to work, work with. with. Mm. And so then, what did Char- So it ended with Monique kind of attacking Charlemagne and saying, Just basically, <laughs> uh, Lenard, beloved. <laughs> <laughs> and so she called him Lenard, which is yeah. Yes. Hold up. Before we get into her going on Lenar, I do have to say that I'm one of those people that agrees that Angela Rye is pointless on the show. Angela Yee is Yee. Yee, my bad. Oh, Angela Yee. Oh, my God. Rye, whoa. No, I love Angela Rye. Angela Rye, we love you. We would love for you to just, you I know. listen to your podcast and I love I, every, every Angela, episode, it's time to record some more. Angela Yee is pointless on this show. She never defends women. She sits there. She's The only reason she's there is because they needed a woman to balance out the show, but she doesn't help at all. She's never a champion for women. When Charlemagne and DJ Envy attack women, she sits her little ass to the side and doesn't say a word. And I can't respect that. You just sit there. You're old. You need to be replaced by somebody Sheesh. younger. Because There's I, a lot of ageism that, that Tazzy Hall brings Angela to the table. Angela is 46, though. So she she can retire out. Go ahead, collect your retirement check or you whatever cannot, it is. Most people cannot retire at 46. Listen, retire out of radio. That's what you need to do. And let somebody young, like Scotty Beam, would be great for that show. I feel like she would stick up for women and be great. Mm-hmm. Replace her. I agree. I, I feel like that should have been her role to stick up for Monique, especially um, even Not though even she's Monique, been... Not even Monique, all the women that have been women. on the show. I will yeah. say that. Monique made a very hard claim at the end. And what did she say? She said that Charlotte Mage was equated to the man from... Oh, God. What was um, that show? Was it 12 Years a Slave? Ah, yes. Was it 12 Years a Slave? Let's let's find a clip. Okay. I am wonderful. How you doing, Sister I'm Angela? Good. You good? It's all right to get on up and hold on to me. Good morning, sweetness. One hour later. 
Eddie, thank you so much, my sweet baby, for having us. What did you think of me? love you. You know what, brother? You're going to hear yourself a lot from me lately. You're going to hear yourself around the world because we have to explain brothers like you. We right. do. And when we watched that movie, Birth of a Nation, and we saw that man walk his wife into that master's house, we watched him walk his wife in. Then we watched him go back and get him. You're that brother. When you're basing off of what you're assuming, and then you give me a title of donkey of the day. Is your mother still alive? Yes, ma'am. And you're from what city in South Carolina? Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Monk's Corner. And if I was to call your mother or your grandmother, could they tell me stories of inequality that they had to deal with? Absolutely. So would your mother be a donkey? No. Would your grandmother be a donkey? No. Sheesh. That was really harsh. Oh, my like, God. Like, she took it back, and she was really <laughs> low-key attacking his family. That was a genuine hard, like, she was attacking She didn't family. attack. She hit him with some damn facts. He needed to hear that. How dare you call me the donkey of the day because I feel like I'm being treated, like, differently because of my race and my sex. Yes, your mother and grandmother have probably gone through the same things, but you are out here calling them donkey of the day. You know what? I don't want to get too deep into this Monique thing, but it originally stemmed from um, her supposed to be, um, she's supposed to be doing the promotion for, uh, what movie was that? Was it, was it Precious? Yeah. I don't know. And they wanted her to tweet. They wanted her to do all these things. And she's like, look, if I need to do all this extra, then y'all need to cut a check for that. And I can actually commend Monique for standing up and being like, yo, that wasn't in my original job description. Y'all need to cut the extra check for me to be doing all these appearances. And I get it. You're supposed to be promoting the movie and adding to that because that's going to add to your check. But she has stated that she's a huge family person. So all of these appearances and promotions, that's taken away from family. So if y'all doing that, then y'all need to cut the check. But and she wasn't afraid to, to say real. that. And I can respect that because every other actress is chasing that coin as well. Like, for example, Viola Davis Absolutely. says that people have been calling her the white, I mean, the black Meryl Streep, but won't pay her like no. Meryl Streep. No. That's a problem in the industry that needs to be fixed. If you say this woman is just as great as Meryl Streep, pay her that same amount of coin that you pay in Meryl. Don't call her the black version of this white woman. That's that systematic disenfranchisement though, but it's also like a mindset for us because rather than us negotiating and really fighting for that and pulling a Colin Kaepernick and really standing up for what is is important to us despite the financial sacrifices, we just kind of okay, well, you know, I don't want to go without. So, you know, and, and, and that's not us being any Uncle Toms. It's just so much so that, like, we have gone without for so long that when we are, you know, presented that opportunity to make some money, whether or not it's equal uh, of someone of our racial counterpart, then we just say, oh, fuck it, and just go along with it. Wow. Man. That's very profound. That, that You guys should a lot of very profound millennial wisdom. You got to piss me off. Because you're trying us like, oh, it's, I'm so shocked that y'all have deep thoughts about something. Daddy, Just because we aren't 40. In about three episodes. Wow. Oh, my God. Ah! You know what? Oh, okay. God. But no, honestly, on a serious note, I know that we are truly a little bit over the time frame. Yes. And we have a major big announcement. We do. 
The major announcement is that our very own Kyrie is up for Entrepreneur of the Year for the IBE Gala. So all of our listeners, everyone that's tuned in right now, we need you to go to IBEGala.com slash awards slash nominees and go down to the Entrepreneur of the Year and vote for Kyrie Peterson. We are going to repost it. Yes, and we're going to continue to post the link and let you all know the steps to get there. IBEGala.com slash awards slash nominees and vote for he vote for him as the entrepreneur of the year. Yes. When does the voting end, Kai? Um, I am not exactly sure when the voting ends, but the uh, gala itself is on Sunday, April eighth. Uh, and it Woo! is That's one day at my birthday. Uh, Le Dodo. Um, I'm not exactly sure if I said that correctly, but I am <laughs> also a sponsor. So not only am I a nominee, but I will be bringing out some luxury, exotic, classic cars and just adding to the total ambiance, which is the Black Excellence Gala that is IBE Gala. Yes. Wow. This sounds super exciting. So, what a great episode, guys. Yes. Thank you, Kai, for coming. That's and right. sitting with us. I'm That's so right. appreciative. We've had a lot of DDs. Uh, friends and guests on the show and this we're now hitting the people that I love oh okay okay so I think you just offended every guest that we and you didn't love my friends <laughs> I did love them I did love them everybody so we them. are thankful that Kyrie Peterson was able to join us he is the ATL Auto Broker again you can find him on Instagram at the ATL Auto Broker and email him at sales at Rose Gold Automotive he is a special he specializes in a personalized approach to car buying from financing exotic sales rentals and even and cash cars. Check him out. Thank y'all so much. Thank you and see you next week.